Welcome to the new Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Docs in a Pod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Tamika Perry and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now, here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Tamika Perry. If you or someone you know is on multiple medications, you want to listen to this Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed, and we'll tell you why in just a minute. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry. Dr. Perry is an associate medical director at WellMed, earned her undergraduate degree from Prairie View A&M University, we went on to graduate from Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine, where she was National Health Service Corps Scholar. Next, Dr. Perry completed her family medicine residency at Methodist Charlton Medical Center, where she served as chief resident. She's board certified by the American Osteopathic Board of Family Physicians. She also has earned a master's in public health with an emphasis in health management and policy at the University of North Texas Health Science Center in Texas. And Dr. Perry, as always, great to have you with us. Ron. When you have a patient who's on a ton of medication, is that a special challenge for you and it, the patient? It, it is, because you really have to mitigate. You have to does the patient need all of these medicines or not? And who are the medications coming from? And it's important to realize those medications also include over-the-counter medicines. Well, we're going to talk with an expert on this, and we're delighted to have him with us. Dr. John Root is a physician at Wellman at Rockport in Rockport, Texas, earned his medical degree from the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, completed his residency at Dalhousie University Family Medicine Center in Halifax, Nova Scotia, he is a Canadian by birth and delighted to have him in the U.S. Dr. Root is board certified by the American Board of Family Physicians. And Dr. Root, before we get into polypharmacy, thanks for being with us. What brought you to the States from Canada? So in 1996, I finished my training. And uh, like so many newly trained physicians, I started doing locums. And not only were there locums available in Canada, there was also locums available in the U.S. And of course, I was a single man, didn't have a family of my own. And we were speaking before recording. You kind of uh, heard my story about moving around a lot as a child. So I didn't really have a hometown to go back to. So yada, yada, yada. There was a position in a tiny town called Altus, Oklahoma, which is an Air Force town, home of the 97th Air Mobility Wing. Yes. I gave it a try. And that was it. I lived in Altus, Oklahoma for the last 25 years. Wow. I met my wife there. We had a family. And, uh, you know, Altus is a smaller town. So, Ron, you know how it is. You can't keep kids in these smaller towns. So one of our daughters went to Oklahoma City. We had some grandkids uh, with her. And then another daughter moved down here to Rockport, Texas in 2014. And we just couldn't do this long-distance grandparent stuff anymore for this group down in Rockport. So we made the decision to move down. Came down this summer. And so far, we have loved it. So that's the longest answer to your question of how I, how the heck did I ended up in the United States? Now, for those Family. who don't know, Rockport is a pretty neat beach town. Yeah. Well, they call it a, a drinking town with a fishing problem. That's, that's what the locals are telling <laughs> me about Rockport. Now, I mentioned to you off the air, you picked a topic, polypharmacy, uh, that most folks don't know what that is. And you said, man, are you interested in it? What is polypharmacy? Right. So, you know, I've been a physician for some time now, and, uh, you know, when I was training back in the 90s, polypharmacy was considered a patient taking more than six prescription medications, 
Can you believe it? Six, six medicines. So what has happened over the last 25 years is, uh, you know, people have aged and we've had this explosion in diabetes, uh, you know, consistent increase in cardiovascular risk burden in our country, along with um, a lot of lifestyle medicines that have appeared. Uh, people have ended up on far more than six medications uh, per patient. And, you know, this isn't just prescription medications either. This is the supplements and the over-the-counter medications and so on and so forth. And on top of that, you know, we've had some fragmentation in healthcare, right? So if the patient just doesn't attend uh, the clinic with the family doctor, they're going to attend an ER someplace, they're going to go to an urgent care someplace, they're going to see a specialist for, you know, quite appropriate care for heart disease or uh, renal problems, whatever it might be. But this fragmentation leads to a lack of an appreciation of the, the whole picture. And so, Ron, like layers of old paint, these meds will get piled on and, and, and it seems like there's no real effort for someone to review this and say, hey, you know, we need to, we need to make this more sensible and make this, make this safer. So that's, that's become uh, my labor of love when I see these patients attending clinic and, you know, they wonder why they're falling. They wonder why they're fatigued. Let's have a look at this medication list. And sure enough, we're, we're going to find some causes for these symptoms. We're going to talk about more about that in just a moment, polypharmacy. But for those who may have just joined us, I want to let you know you're listening to Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry, and we're talking down in Rockport, Texas with Dr. John Root. Uh, polypharmacy is what we're saying. And Dr. Root, uh, you mentioned by definition, polypharmacy means a patient on six or more medications, which certainly could include supplements, uh, and that you take time going over those. I, I know as a patient myself, I'm asked to bring all my medication and supplements that I may be on to every doctor visit. And I must admit, I don't always do that. Why is that important? Well, um, you know, first of all, nobody's perfect in terms of memory. And so uh, they, the patient may remember to bring the prescription medication, but oh, they forgot, uh, you know, the supplements, they didn't consider them to be medications, and they forgot to take the Aleve because they didn't think that was a medication. And of course, these drugs have significant interactions with prescriptions and with each other. And they are drugs, so they need to be considered. And uh, of course, they may just think that we're referring to the medications that we prescribed, and they don't consider the meds that they received at the urgent care or with the cardiologist to be part of that group, and so on and so forth. So, simply, if we have all the medicines in front of us, we can really have a practical discussion about what is going on, how often are these things used, what are they for, and in what can we reduce. So, having these things in the room makes this far, far easier. So, Dr. Perry, when a specialist prescribes something to one of your patients, uh, are they able to take into account the other medications that patient may be on and potentials for conflict? They're supposed to be able to take into account. So um, uh, theoretically, when we refer a patient to a um, specialist, we send over a list of their histories, which include the list of their current medications. And reciprocally, when we get that um, referral note back, I always look and my staff always looks to see what was the patient prescribed and what were they taken off of? Because sometimes that communication is lost and a specialist, like if you prescribe sent them to a cardiologist, they may have changed their blood pressure medicines. And by the time the patient comes back to you, they're still taking the ones you prescribed and they prescribed. So it's always my best practice for me to see them back after they see the specialist, just so everybody's on the same page in terms of medication, therapy, what we're supposed to, supposed to be doing for the patient. And Dr. Root, anecdotally, can, can you share with us 
a situation where you reviewed a patient's medication and, and discovered exactly why they're falling? So really the most common reason would be what an example that Dr. Perry is referring to. So it's management of blood pressure. So everybody knows blood pressure is important. Patients and physicians alike know this is important. And I found, I have found that it's got to the point where we're, we're overdoing it. We're, we're excessively treating blood pressure. And so classically what happens is a patient comes to the office, either our office or a consultant's office, and they're, they're forced to wait in the exam room for some time. And then they're, they're called in and we weigh them. And then the patient usually goes, oh my gosh, when they see their weight. And then we rush them down the hall and then we measure their blood pressure. Well, guess what? That reading is going to be higher than it otherwise would be. And so if we use that reading to treat their blood pressure, we're liable to overdo it. And so you can see what's going to happen, Ron. Their true blood pressure is usually quite a bit less. So if we overdo their blood pressure treatment, then when they stand up, their blood pressure drops and they fall. So this is something that we see far too often. And this leads to a different topic about home blood pressure measurement and so on and so forth. But this would be uh, my example that I would give you for what you had asked about. Well, talk to us about home blood pressure measurement, because it certainly fits with what we're talking about. Sure, it does. So, uh, like I said, we all, we, all, we all recognize how important blood pressure control is and, and our goals for treatment. Um, and many of our patients uh, really take this to heart and they, they want these numbers down. Uh, but if we overdo it, uh, you're going to have problems. So the, the true blood pressure that we want to be looking at is the day-in, day-out blood pressure you're going to get at home. So we instruct the blood pressure on a good technique to do this, and we ask them to log this for us. And in my practice, that is the number that we track to manage blood pressure. That's a, he, Dr. Root, you make an excellent, excellent point. Uh, we try to practice the same thing. And it's important that the patient knows in terms of blood pressure. So I'm not erroneously treating it to have both feet on the ground, uh, sitting straight up relaxed, make sure you don't have to go number one or number two, and then take that good blood pressure. You don't want your feet crossed. You don't want to be bouncing around. You have to use the bathroom um, and you want to be, you don't want to be slumped over. You want to be sitting straight up. And so like Dr. Root says, good blood pressure techniques, take it at home because at home you're in your most relaxed environment. I don't even like wearing my white coat because it makes people nervous, right? You know, people get nervous when they come to see us, think we're going to deliver bad news. So Dr. Root, thank you for that. Thank you. And, and but add to what you had said about technique, I'm sorry to interrupt, would be to make sure the patient is resting for 10 minutes prior to measurement. And this is where in clinic, Correct. we just really can't do that because of our scheduling uh, time pressure. So re resting for 10 minutes prior to measurement is really, the, in some ways, the most important part of the technique. Yes. And what do you recommend, Dr. Root, in terms of a blood pressure device, the arm or wrist or, or what? In my experience, the, the arm cuff is the better technique. This is consistent with how we measure it in the office, first of all. This, if you look at the studies, uh, this is how it's measured for most of the studies. The problem we run into with the wrist technique is it tends to overread their, their reading uh, because if the patient doesn't have the wrist meter at the level of the heart, if it's down lower, you're going to get a higher reading. So I prefer the arm measurement, but at the end of the day, the patient decides and we make sure that their technique is optimized. And can you get those calibrated so you know that they're accurate or, or do they come calibrated? I believe they're calibrated. Most of the machines I've seen now are on are very, very good. If there's a question of calibration, simply means the patient brings the machine to the office and then we do the Pepsi challenge here in the office of their machine versus our machine and we'll see how it measures up. So Coke or Pepsi and you're trying to figure out which one's working right. Oh. That's it. Tamika? <laughs> That is absolutely correct. Um, you know, it, 
in terms of medication, so like Dr. Root says, I'll have the patient bring all their medications in. I'll also have them bring their home devices in if there's a question. Bring your pulse oximeter, bring your blood pressure cuff, and let's see exactly what you're doing to measure your blood pressure. Let's see exactly what you're doing to give yourself your insulin. See exactly what you're doing to measure your oxygen levels. And that gives us a ton of information about how we need to treat you appropriately. And if we can get rid of or perfectly not add medicines, but hopefully get rid of. That device you talked about, the uh, proximeter, is that the little thing you stick on your finger? Yes, it is. And do you recommend people get that at home as well? Not unless you have certain um, uh, disease entities. It isn't as essential, in my opinion, as the blood pressure cuff is. But it will tell you oxygen penetration? Most certainly it will. Most certainly. All right, both of you stay with us. We're going to come right back to you. If you just joined us, we're delighted to have you on board. Docs in a pod presented by WellMed is what you have found. Hi, it's Drew Pearson for my friends at WellMed. As a Hall of Famer, I love it when a quarterback and receiver have a great connection. You can be part of a great connection too. Connecting WellMed's high-quality healthcare with the highest-rated Medicare Advantage plan helps you focus on staying healthy. Call 210-436-6005 or visit wellmedhealthcare.com slash connect. Drew Pearson is a paid spokesperson. Other plans are accepted. For full enrollment details, visit medicare.gov. We're so pleased you are sticking with us right here on Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry. We're talking on our Docs in a Pod hotline down in Rockport, Texas, with Dr. John Root at the WellMed at Rockport Clinic. What is polypharmacy? And that is what we are talking about. And Dr. Root, you gave us an example of where you find blood pressure meds may lead to issues like falling. Last week on Docs in a Pod, we talked about falls and the risks they pose to seniors. Uh, what are some of the other issues that a polypharmacy issue may cause, the kind of drug interactions that you uncover? Well, Ron, I don't think there's a doctor in the world that can tell you all the interactions that you can have with 20, 25, even 30 different medications and supplements and so on and so forth. So, you know, we have uh, various computer programs that try to give us some guidance on terms of what these things can do. But as I said, there's, I don't think there's any body of knowledge that's even close to being able to understand all the interactions you can run into. We'll run I into, think, you know, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. So, you know, people end up taking medications for various reasons. Some of the doctors prescribe and some, some of the patients want to increase their comfort. So for reflux or pain and so on and so forth. And then people want these medications because they work. I mean, you give you something for acid reflux, it's going to work. And we give you something for pain that's going to work. But really, the true role of the family doctors to have a look at the, the whole picture here and say, look, you know, do, what can we do? What do we, what do we have to use and what can we live without in terms of these prescriptions? Because uh, the answer to your question is these interactions lead to a whole host of symptoms. When a patient comes to see me with multiple symptoms and they're taking multiple drugs, the cause is usually found in that med list. So that's my answer to your question. You name the symptom, and I can tell you it's almost certainly from a drug side effect if you're taking more than six to eight meds, almost always. And I think, Dr. Ruda, although we've mentioned it, a lot of folks don't see over-the-counter medications, supplements that they may be taking as part of the problem. 
true. Uh, so a really good example of this would be anti-inflammatory drugs. So these are drugs such as Aleve or Naproxen. Uh, they're very powerful pain relievers. And for the right patient or the right choice, but if you have a history of any kind of kidney disease, if you have certain heart diseases, uh, certain types of stomach problems, these medicines can be deadly. Uh, so I think if these medicines were created today, if they were discovered today, they would never be over-the-counter. They'd be certainly prescription drugs. So that's a very good example of an over-the-counter medicine that your physician has to know. You know, what are you taking, how often, uh, because it directly interacts with some very important organs in your body and other treatments your doctor is almost certainly prescribing you. And one of the medications uh, we talked about last week as a risk for falls uh, is is Benadryl or some of the generic yes. mimics of Benadryl, uh, which turns out to be in a whole lot of medications, including some of the over-counter sleep aids. You bet. Yep. So Benadryl, and part of the problem we run into, Ron, too, is people would be taking a certain assembly of medicines for, for years, for decades. And, you know, it's like a sleep aid like Benadryl and so on and so forth. And, and they started taking these things in their 50s, and they did fine. And they come to see me when they're in their 70s, and they're starting to have problems. And I'll point to the med list and say, well, Doc, I've always been using these meds. Why would they start bothering me now? And the answer is this. So the absorption of medicines throughout your life is fairly consistent. The GI tract is very effective at absorbing these things regardless of your age. But the volume distribution and the metabolic rate declines as we age. And so the effect of these drugs increases dramatically as we age. So you can get away with taking that Benadryl sleeping pill when you're 50, but certainly not when you're 75 or 80. So this is yet another reason for us to be always reviewing that list and trying to keep it as safe as possible. And in my view, this really is the family doctor's job. This isn't, yes. this isn't for the cardiologist to do. This isn't for the kidney doctor. They have their problems to address. This is our problem to address as family doctors. I 100% agree, Dr. Root, you know, in this day and age where um, there's all kind of viral illnesses that we are concerned about, a lot of the senior population are stocking up and taking copious amount of over-the-counter uh, cold and cough preparations, and just like Ron previously alluded to antihistamines are in a lot of those. And then some of them may even have pseudoephedrine that can have an effect on your blood pressure. So it is, it is uberly important that you discuss these medications that you may buy over the counter, even at the health food store with your physician, your family physician. Well, if it says health right. food, it's got to be good for you. <laughs> well, you know, McDonald's you sells so, salad. Huh? Yeah, McDonald's sells salad too. So, I mean, you know, so, you know. <laughs> and Dr. Root, how do your patients respond when you talk to them about the medications they're on? I would say, hey, thank God I don't have to take all this stuff. Well, it depends on the patient. Everybody's different. So, you know, the patient has been taking something for decades and I'm there with my red pen marking through it. There, there's going to be some anxiety. You know, Dr. Dr. Smith from 1989 started me on that, and here you come, and you want to change it. So we have to explain things to the patient. Why? What's the thinking? What's the problem? And so this is, you know, we have a discussion about the, the science and the, and the risks. And, you know, if the patient just absolutely positively won't stop the medicine, okay, well, let's, let's talk about the next thing on the list. Uh, so that being said, Ron, that would be a, a more unusual situation. Most patients are seem to not have had this exercise with a physician before, frankly. Uh, so uh, I've seen to be the first one to bring this up for many of my patients, and they seem very appreciative. 
And as you go through that list, uh, and, and I can see where a patient will say, well, you know, Dr. Smith prescribed this uh, 30 years ago, and man, it still works for me. Uh, they've had to get it. If it's a prescription drug, they had to get those refills approved. How does that work? Right. Well, you have to forgive me, Ron. I'm starting a new practice here. So these guys that I'm seeing, they're all new. And so this is an exercise for me with each patient to go through. And, you know, we're not going to be able to uh, eat the elephant in one bite. So we will, you know, take a few off if we can, and we're going to refill the rest and slowly, slowly work on the, on the list because we get another bite at the apple next visit. Uh, and so, Tamika, as you look at those lists of medications, uh, do you find drugs that perhaps they don't have to be on or shouldn't be on? I do. And, and like Dr. Root, I educate the patients. Is, look, these are the pros and cons of these medications. Your body's changed over time. What we know about these medications has most certainly changed over time. And at this point in your life, it might not be advantageous to you. Here are some alternatives that may be in your advantage to take instead. I find that a lot in my senior population with benzodiazepines. I have a lot of um, ladies who have been on them for years because they were a little nervous or they, they got upset often. So their doctor put them on them for years but that is not in their best interest to be on them for years. So a lot of the times after you have that very real conversation with the patient, you know, you, you all, you're on the same team. And if they don't want to be on the same team, you say, these are the pros and cons. I need you to know this. And sometimes I even sign a document before I continue to prescribe these for you. And, and what would that document be? that you know the risk. This is a controlled substance. You know the risk of these. You won't get them from any other place. This is what it can cause. And it is a potential that it could be more harm than good. Yep. All of us are exposed yeah. to advertising and we see medication after medication after medication advertised as, man, if this is your problem, we've got the fix. We've got the cure. Get your doctor to prescribe this. And, and, and Dr. Root, whether you're practicing as you are now in Rockport or back in Oklahoma, uh, do patients come to you with requests for medication? Yes, but uh, it seems to have improved, Ron. I'm not sure what happens, but, uh, you know, I would say 10, 15 years ago, this was a bigger problem where we'd have the, you know, the ad copy basically brought in uh, to discuss with me about why this was the right drug for them. We don't see that as much anymore. Uh, but, you know, it still happens where certainly people speaking to Dr. Perry's point about benzodiazepines, they have a friend that's taking alprazolam and they they want to try some. Well, unfortunately, uh, the patient in front of me is also using a pain medication. And guess what? If you take both of these things, your risk of accidental overdose goes up exponentially. So wow. um, these are these are things that, you know, we do see some requests for drugs, but, you know, we have an approach as physicians to, to manage these requests in a safe way. Or you can always go to Dr. Google to get the answer. <laughs> Our arch nemesis, and I say our, <laughs> that's like the medical community as a whole, arch nemesis is Dr. Google. Exactly. Well, I would, go ahead, Dr. Root. I was just going to say, I, I appreciate my patients checking things out and looking into things. And, you know, when, when Dr. Google shows up in the exam room, my role is to give people, people some context. So we've all seen it. When you Google something yes. up, there's, there's no context. There's no applicability to the patient in front of you. So this is my job is to bring that information and that science into, into the room and, and make it work for that patient. Years ago, I had a dog who uh, tripped, fell, passed out. I, I, I Googled what the issue may be. I took her to the vet and I said, my dog is dying. She's got dropsy and uh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and, and the veterinarian said, you used Google, didn't you? 
had to admit yes, and it turned out she was fine. So I try to avoid doing my Google research now. Please, so, please, we, yes, ask us, Ron. <laughs> yeah. So, Dr. Rue, we got about a minute left, and before we go, give give us the bottom line here that you'd like folks to take away uh, from uh, polypharmacy. Well, uh, this is something that your physician will play a central role in preventing. I'd like to think that as physicians, especially family physicians, we're becoming much more aware of this problem. And uh, if you feel that your physician is not addressing your medication list, I strongly encourage you to ask your physician in a nice way, hey, doc, you know, could you look at my list and, and see if there's any, anything here that's redundant or you know, interacts with each other or, or is not for me? This, this would be a good approach for patients uh, with their physicians in case their physician doesn't bring it up. And I'm assuming, uh, Dr. Perry, you agree. I 110% agree. It's a very important for the, the patient to have that candid relationship with their physician. Well, I want to thank both of you for talking about an important topic, polypharmacy. We don't spend a lot of time talking about. I'm Ron Aaron. You've been listening to Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. Thank you to our special guest down in Rockport at the WellMed Clinic there in Rockport, Texas, Dr. John Root. And as always, to our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for being with us on Docs in a Pod. Executive producers for Docs in a Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Isaac Wilker, and associate producers are Natalie Ibarra and Maurice Hudson. Thank you for listening to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And be sure and tune in next week for another edition of Docs in a Pod with Dr. Tamika Perry and Ron Aaron.